Hello. Welcome to Psychopath in Your Life. I'm your host, Diane Emerson. Today I'm going to be talking about psychopaths and debt bondage. Um, debt bondage has been on my mind for a really long time now, and a lot of the pieces are starting to come together, so I'd like to share them with you today. There's been a lot of talk about the New World Order, or NWO, and how they want to move toward a cashless society. So a lot of things are kind of interesting. You know that right now in this country that stores don't have to accept cash. So yeah, we're moving toward that. And I've been talking about debt bondage in the past and how it relates to the vulnerable. And when they do in poor countries is the children, the boys and girls will get sold off for debts. And I've also talked in the past about the United Nations. So please see that show because they all seem to connect here. I'm going to be breaking this into different parts. I was originally looking into why China, why India, and why the U.S. all seem to be connecting here as far as what's going down with this virus. And I found some interesting data. These three countries also have the highest amount of people with smartphones. And some people, we've been talking about, people have thought about, well, maybe they're going to move toward putting chips under all of our skin. Well, I'm not sure that that's going to be the next step because with those phones, that could be part of the way that it's going to happen. So the other thing is, is that I've been wondering about how did Modi in India, how did he get the country down so fast? Well, he did a one-day shutdown. And then recently did a, just out of the blue, unknown to everybody, did a countrywide shutdown. But how he got started was by crashing the economy a couple years back. So there's lots of moving parts here. So today I want to try to explain how money connects it all. And I'm just going to be giving you an overview. So if you study economics and know more, please join us in the comments. This is really to engage a conversation here. So... I've always thought whoever cooked up money was an evil genius. I don't think I was too far off once I got into this research the last few days. When I was looking into how they got India, I started wondering about who controls the money in the world? How does it all tie in? I had this vague idea the money here was backed by gold. Turns out not to be true. It's basically backed by the goodwill and the efforts of the people that control the money. So around the world, the, 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 it's all controlled by central banks, okay? And around the world, central banks have a number of different ownership structures. At one end of the spectrum are central banks, like the Bank of England, that are wholly owned by the public sector. At the other end are central banks, like the Banca d'Italia, whose shareholders are wholly private sector entities. But I'm going to be talking today about the U.S. and also how countries have come into compliance to become central banks. For example, um, there's only two or three that do not have a central banking system, okay? And, you know, people will say, well, there's, there's several people at play here. The, the top of the snake t tends to be the Rothschilds. So, but I'm not going to go that far into that today. What I'd like to do is just explain how it all works and how it might impact us here. Because my concern is they're, 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 they're issuing a lot of money in this country. I mean, they're spending trillions of dollars here and there. And I started wondering, where's all this money coming from? Well, I think I might have the answer here. So the 
Federal Reserve Bank is a central bank for this country, and it publishes the U.S. dollar. In other words, it prints the U.S. dollar, not backed by any gold and hasn't been for a number of years now. The methods central banks use to control the quantity of money varies depending on the economic situation and power of the central bank. In the United States, the central bank is called the Federal Reserve, often called the Fed. Other prominent central banks include the European Central Bank, Swiss National Bank, Bank of England, People's Bank of China, and Bank of Japan. A central bank is an institution that oversees the currency, supply of money, and interest rates of a nation. The central bank manages commercial banks, kind of like the fox managing the hen house, right? The central bank is in charge of printing and coining national currency, as well as increasing the monetary base of its nation. The central bank also can act as a lender when a financial crisis occurs. And it also regulates member banks to prevent fraudulent behaviors. Okay, yeah, this is what I call a circle jerk, okay? They're all managing each other, right? So in other words, a central bank implements monetary policies, they set the interest rates, they maintain the exchange rate, and they maintain the inflation, they regulate the banking industry, and they control the entire nation's money supply. So the central banks have a lot of power, and if you've noticed, every crisis we seem to have in this country, the bankers are always have their hands in there somewhere, like the housing crisis, all the, all the financial things that have evolved here. But the interesting thing is, the people who always get bailed out first are always the bankers. Funny how that works, right? A central bank is a critical component of a nation. Throughout the world, most countries have central banks. And I'll get to how they got them all to comply in a minute here and who those countries are. But interestingly enough, approximately 75% of the central bank assets of the world are controlled by China, the United States, and Japan. And the countries that make up the Eurozone, there are also a handful of countries that do not have a central bank. And those handful I'll get to in a second here. The first step in having a central bank what they do is they target countries, like for example in Libya, they target a country, they go in and they get them to do a re regime change in order to get a central bank installed. That was the whole effort really behind Libya in, in more of a generalized way here, okay? So what they do is if a country refuses to accept loans, the media starts screaming, because remember the media is controlled by the bankers, okay? The media starts screaming for a regime change. They start screaming that it was a failed state and accuses the regime of attacking its own people. Then anti-government rebels will be armed and funded. If you look at what happened in Venezuela, that was the whole goal there because they start, they start doing all these things to get a new regime change. So then the country will be invaded if, the, if their leader refuses to go and its government replaced by a more compliant group. Today, there are three major countries, there might be two, but I'm just going to go with what I have now, without a central bank owner control by the Rothschilds and the different bankers. That would be Cuba, North Korea, and Iran. Now, Iran might not be part of the central bank. i got to get into that more. Maybe somebody can help me in the comments. But let me explain how they got a couple of other countries into compliance with the central banks. Basically, it's all about war, okay? In 2001, the United States invaded Afghanistan. 
in 2003, the Afghanistan Bank was established by presidential decree. So they topple Afghanistan, then they get the centralized bank in there, okay? In 2003, after 9-11, which was the intent of 9-11, well, pretty much the intent, along with the Muslim um, deal going on, in 2003, the U.S. invaded Iraq. In 2004, the Central Bank of Iraq was established to manage the Iraq currency and integrate Iraq into the global financial system. So if you want to know more about 9-11, I have a show about 9-11, and I have a lot of interesting things that haven't been discussed in the past. So right now they're talking about 9-11, that the death toll here has reached 9-11 records. And the interesting thing is the people in charge are the same people that were in charge of 9-11, so you have to do the map. Remember, this show is only for educational purposes. I'm just here to help you with what I can find in research, and the rest is going to be up to you to help, you know, help us in the comments and just think about this information, okay? But central banks really are specifically designed to trap nations in debt spiral for which they can never possibly escape. Now that is, of course, after they have robbed them of all their natural resources. And then who goes into these countries after they get war-bombed and all that? Well, none other than the United Nations. And please reference this show I've done about the United Nations. Because in the past, I've talked about the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. But I didn't really connect them to the United Nations. I, I don't know why I didn't, but I didn't. But anyway, so what got me started was when I was looking into India and I connected the IMF to India and then to the United Nations. Well, so what happens is this, is the United Nations is the controlling force. I've been circling around this research about the last 75 year period, okay? And 75 years ago, a lot of interesting things started taking place after World War II, and one of them was the United Nations. Well, the United Nations controls the IMF. So you have both of those organizations who have a rather interesting past, and they're the ones that meet, They I think they meet like once a year in Washington. They're based in Washington, the IMF is. And the woman you'll see on the screen, Christine Langer, whatever her name is, she is the gray-haired looking woman, tall woman, man. <laughs> um, and just check out her neck. But anyway, so that's the, that's the person who's now in charge, the IMF. She's been gotten on a lot of fraud charges, but seems to slip out of them. But anyways, subject for another day. But anyway, so it's fascinating that these people, every country in the entire world belongs to the IMF. Well, the IMF meets every year to decide on interest rates, who's going to borrow what, and what the whole world economy is going to be. So it's a pretty big deal. So I think that we need to pay attention to where all this money is being controlled from, because if you accept my theory that these are all psychopaths, then it seems like a pretty precarious situation for the rest of us to be in, knowing that they control everything because they will be able to use this money to possibly control things because of the high level people in this country that don't have enough for an emergency. So if it's gonna take longer than three weeks to get money, there's so much uncertainty going on right now. Yesterday, Trump was talking about, again, about these new meds coming out. And he said, again, they won't kill anybody. So they keep repeating these things. They keep saying, well, we're not gonna be like China. Well, they know they can't enact things as quickly as China did. They know they can't do what India did. But they're working in that direction because, remember, I've been talking about the masks. Well, just yesterday, 
they said um, today's Tuesday, I think yesterday would be Monday. They were talking about they're considering doing masks as a required thing to go outdoors. So you see where this is going. So now they're going to be requiring masks to go outdoors pretty soon. I mean, they could change their minds, but I kind of doubt it. So they're looking at enforcing masks for everybody. So they're trying to get us to be like China, but they're working our way there. So I'd like to talk more about this in the future because I'll be back in a few days to talk more about how they got India and the smartphones because the three countries that have the most smartphones are India, China, and the United States. That was the connection I first made to start looking into what do all these three countries share? Well, they share the data sharing. And, you know, there's a lot of crazy information out there now. I have seen people on these news shows, attorneys, talking about no one is mentioning what this this Defense Production Act means. They're all just talking about they want to enforce more. But what they're not talking about is the ultimate power that is already in their hands. It's not a matter of when they put it into play. It's already in play. So if you want to know more about that, I did a show about that just in the last few days or last week or so. So yeah, so there's a lot of bad information out there. People are, are just avoiding the fact that all of the rights have been taken away. So how we get money, where we get money from is all a big question at this point. So be safe out there and I'll join you in the comments and I'll be back in a day or two to talk more about India so we can start to track what's going on there.